Mojave Pride Day 2. Day 2, folks. I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted after yesterday. I am so tired. <laughs> I'm like, tonight, I was, I was, I'm saving my bubble bath for tonight because I'm going to do the bubble bath. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how. After the second day. I don't know how Rogan does it with doing like four and a half hour podcasts three or four days a week. I don't know either. Like, I was, I was exhausted and I feel like we didn't do much, you know, all except with with the exception of like just sitting here and talking to our friends yeah you know but we were sitting out 105 degree heat even though we are a shade of air true he's got to be in air conditioning if he does it in texas and it's very humid there hey and i guess um the one thing with this pride festival is that it's the sixth anniversary of the uh Shooting in Orlando, Pulse yeah. Nightclub. Right. Yeah. As far as we've come, it shows that there is still a lot of intolerance out there. Yeah, on a couple of different levels. There's a lot of intolerance still with, um, with respect to enmeshment, as well as intolerance. Yeah. LGBTQ. Did you hear in uh, it was Idaho yesterday that they uh, they arrested a bunch of militia who were in the back of a moving van and they were going to go shoot up the pride Good. Well, I'm glad that they arrested them. I'm, I'm glad that they prevented that from happening. I'm like, uh, we'll pull up the information, you know, because I'm just unprepared. Yeah, as, as we are unprepared, but um, um, every single day, yeah. every single time yeah. we do this. <laughs> hey, Aaron. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How's it going, everybody? All right. How was the after festival? Oh God, I'm paying for it right now. I'll tell you that. Indulge a little bit too much. Oh yeah, you gotta tell us then, cause we didn't go. Like I was planning on going originally, but was I was exhausted. Wall to wall. That's wall what. Okay, light. that's what another, somebody else told me. Yeah. Like you couldn't move. Yeah. It was like going to like any other like big concert. Like there was no room to move around. There was like a line to the bathroom inside the brewery, and I'm like, because there's only you know, one bath. There's a porta potty in the alley, and right. Like save yourself I, some time, folks. <laughs> you don't want to miss some of these drag queens. You know, you don't took a while it. for them to get off. Took him a while for. Took a while for them to kick it off because I think all the drag queens were like fixing up their makeup and suits and whatnot. But uh, oh yeah, once it started, it was just like the whole crowd was just rah, excited, totally excited. That is so great. And it was drag shows are a blast. They are. A blast. Like I remember, so I remember going to one in Key West and. My uncle actually had a fantastic time. He is uber, uber conservative, but he also has a gay son. So we were like, you have to go. I'm like, you'll have fun. You know, just, just give it a chance, you know, blah, blah, blah. He had an amazing time. Number one, one guy there had a heart attack at the event. Like literally the paramedics came in 
probably because this one performer was so fucking fantastic. That's what I gathered from it. I'm like, well, that body was amazing. Like, I wish I had a body like that, right? And then, um, and then I took my picture with a prince impersonator, and my mom's like, I'm not posting this picture. Look at your face. It looks so stupid. I'm like, Mom, that is exactly what my face would look like if I was with actual real prints. Like, it was like a look of, oh my God, I can't believe it, you know? Like, oh my God, this is so amazing. So it was a, it was a really, drag shows are a blast. People should just go. They'd have a I great think, time. I'd never been to a drag show and I, I brought this up to the, to Willow and Ronnie, but my first actual drag show was a drag king show, and it was women dressing up like men. Oh, okay. It was this gay bar in Eugene, and it was like, man, (laughs) they nailed it. They nailed it. Yeah, I have a friend, I have a friend here that does that. I was conferring over here. Just a second. Sorry. <laughs> Please. Hey. All right. Hey. Can we pull, pull up a chair? Like literally pull yeah, up a chair? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We just yeah. we just wanted you to talk to us real quick about kicking off day two. Oh. <laughs> like, can I pull it yeah. to me? Yeah. Is that okay? Just, Okay. So how how you doing? I'm good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. Better? Good. You sound yes. no, you fine. sound great. Okay. Okay. So we and we yanked you over here real quick because we heard you on stage. You're kicking off day two, right? Yep, it is day two of Pride and I honestly I don't know what to expect because our first year it was just a one day. Um, and it was 2,600 roughly, and then just yesterday we were at about 1,800, um, and we figured that it was going to be split up between the two days, so we really honestly don't know what to expect, but we just have to keep making it bigger and keep growing um, and, and give people more opportunities to come. Um, it's been crazy, and I know you guys have been hearing some good stories, right? Yeah, yeah it's been awesome. We've been hearing great stories. And you, we want to give props to you for being one of the organizers. There's a bunch of fabulous vendors here that you guys coordinated everything. So lots of fun stuff to do down here today. There is. So we have um, our food vendors. We have pizza and street tacos and burgers. And uh, there's a local business here, um, the Frozen Yogurt Island. They have their truck here. And then there's Snow Cone. That's another local business. Um, and then in the kids area, we have, uh, there's a group down there playing D&D with the kids. My kids love that. They're coming back today. I'm so games. glad. They have a waiting list. They did it yesterday, They have a waiting too. list. They have a waiting list and all of their games are full. I had no idea that it would be that successful. They're going to they're gonna try to have two tents next year, so there'll be two games going on at once. I had no clue that it would be that successful. Um, I had no clue it was still this popular. Like I, remember, I think it's even more popular. It, it's I remember of, being it, in seventh grade and there was boys in my class, and this was like in the eighties, folks, where they were like heavily into the D and D. I had no idea that it has 
it's it's kind of had re- such a song, it's kind of strong resurgence because of Stranger Things. Because oh! a lot of it's based off of that. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Then. And the people that oh I know, gosh. the people that I know that are either just getting into it, a lot of it is also um. So, not to like name any names, but there's a popular fantasy franchise that people my age grew up with and really relied on, and the author of it turned out to be an absolute asshole. Oh, and very exclusive. What? Yeah, Sorry. We're, we're, we're talking about. Maybe you should dive a little more deep into this then, so we. Because I don't, we're, we're, I don't know what you mean. What you want to? Want me to guess so, what we're talking about? Who do you think I'm? JK yeah. yeah. Rowling. Oh, okay. So Rowling oh, is really um, okay. She's exclusionary. Um, there's a lot of problematic themes in her books. Um, and trans exclusion is a, is a really big problem. Um, so when you play D&D, your character, your character can look like anything, can be like anyone. It can be like you. If you are... Uh, trans, non-binary, asexual kiddo, you, your character can be that, only they can also shoot fire out of their hands. Um, and D&D has the flexibility to really represent the players where other, other sources of fantasy or other sources of entertainment are so locked in or so tied to authors who are just assholes. So, do you think that D&D can actually steal the Harry Potter people? And then maybe we can go to Daniel Radcliffe, because I love him, <laughs> and be like, you need to start, you need to be a character in D&D instead. So, I don't know if it's so much stealing, uh, because there are a lot. Um, there's one law, oh my gosh. There's, there's a book that I'm trying to find at our library, and it's about, um, simultaneously, it's about illegal immigration or un- undocumented immigrants and also werewolves. And this girl is up shit creek because she's an undocumented immigrant and she's the first female werewolf in their culture. And it combines um, Mexican folklore with living in undocumented America and all of these beautiful things mixed together that is just as vibrant and just as varied and just as scary as what people are really dealing with. So it's not just D&D. It's finding authors of different ethnicities, authors of different experiences, and not just um, pigeonholing ourselves into the world of Harry Potter. Um, but there's so many beautiful options that are becoming more available, D&D just being one of the most accessible and customizable. Um, like I can play it with my nine-year-old and my um, seven-year-old niece and we can play for an hour and they're both stoked. Or we can play with the grown-up friends and it, we're going on a week and we're just down on energy drinks and Cheetos, we're fine. Um, so it's, I think that I think that these are all things that when we infuse them into our festival, we're inviting a lot. We're inviting everybody that wants to participate, anybody that wants to participate, and giving them a comfort zone, and that's really our goal. And so D&D, they don't do the thing of inclusion there. Are they... Exclusion? Or exclusion. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, D&D is so... They include everyone. So... Because it's so customizable, it's like framework. It's kind of like if I tell you, um, 
you can if I the only things I tell you about your character is you are between uh, six and seven feet tall and you're good at swinging swords and everything else is up to you to so get to customize it you literally get to customize it and there's this whole it, I think the I think the the mindset of it just starting out as customization is automatically inclusive Okay. because if you have one player who's an elf but their elf is like dopey from Snow White and misses everything that they aim at and they can't tie their shoes but your elf is just the image of grace and hospitality and has a great singing voice like there's such a wide range just in those two examples inclusivity is hardwired and interwoven into that which is perfect for the LGBTQIA family oh great Cool. Hey, and you know, we can't thank you enough for all the hard work that you put in to this. I'm happy to. I, like, I had no idea that this is something that I would get to do in my life. Like, if you told me uh, four or five years ago, hey, you're gonna, you're gonna be part of Pride and you're gonna know these people and do these things. This is, this is dream life. This is like, oh, in five years, you're gonna be standing on the stage to get an Oscar. Not a clue. Not a clue. This is amazing. I had no idea. Like you get to make something all, all from little baby scratch and see it grow. It's amazing. Hi, Sarah. Hello. How okay. You doing? I remember when you told me that you were going to do this. Oh, tell me. Tell me. What do you remember? I just remember in the very beginning you said you were going to organize this pride and. Can you hear her okay? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. And I remember just thinking that it was amazing and I just could never imagine it was going to be like this. You know, yesterday I sat there and watched the queens, the drag queens dance and this one beautiful queen took the non-binary flag out of her dress and spun it around and it was the most beautiful moment because like five teenage kiddos shot their non-binary flags up in the Oh my air, God, I'm going to cry. I cried. <laughs> it was so beautiful. They were like, this beautiful person is representing us. And I mean, I have the chills. Look at my yeah. arms right now because Real that... Quick, can uh, you tell, can you you tell our listeners what the, the non-binary flag is? Okay. Do you, you help? Yes, you tell me. <laughs> yes. let's, let's, I want to hear it from you. Uh, so non-binary just means we live in a binary society. Man, woman, black, white, pink is for girls, blue is for boys. Binary just means two options. And non-binary means that they fit somewhere in between those two checkboxes. And sometimes they may slide further to one end, may slide further to the other end, or may slide into a different direction entirely. Gender, uh, Gender is something that can be very, very fluid for some people. Um, for me, it is, uh, I'm, I'm cisgender all the way. I, that's a comfortable thing for me. But for other people, they just don't identify that way. Um, and so those non-binary non flags and that moment of solidarity, I can't even imagine how powerful. Because for folks that are non-binary, things like filling out a job application, you have to check the box. To purchase a plane ticket, you have to check the box. What if you don't fit in a fucking box? Yeah. yeah. To go to the DMV, you gotta check a box. What if you fucking don't? 
And what if you not only don't fit in a box, but what if your whole family gives you rations of shit for not fitting in a box? And now you have to go tell a stranger that you don't fit in a box. It's hard. It's hard. So that moment of solidarity of, of this beautiful, beloved entertainer that everybody is ooing and yeah. awing over and they take out their flag and these kids are like, yes. oh my God, I'm cool too. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. It it's amazing. Just... And Sarah, you were selling the love glasses? Yes. Yeah. So Tara, yeah. she, um, we all know her story, how she, how the love glasses came to be. She's a Muslim American woman and, um, she, there was this time where she was feeling so much fear. Like she just felt like there was a lot of um, anti-Muslim sentiment, you know, and she wears the hijab and um, felt, she felt, you know, afraid. She was feeling afraid in her community. And so her brother sent her this meme of a gerbil with love glasses on. And it oh. said, I can't see the haters with my love glasses on. Oh my so gosh. she started wearing love glasses everywhere she went. And she said, it's a superpower. People are saying hello to me everywhere I go. They're warming up to me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just the superpower. And so she started giving love glasses away to everyone she knows. And then she realized oh like, okay, goodness. I can't afford to. Right. For sure. Get love glasses for everyone in the world, and so she started this business. That's how love glasses came about. Um, this whole thing was amazing. She was like, "I'm gonna send you all the love glasses. You sell them." Like this is how she does business. It's more than just like making money. It's like making connections, and it's so cool. So how do you think? I'm sorry, guys. I no. I don't want to take over your question. <laughs> no, I just no. wanted to know. Um, so sometimes. I get told, and I'm sure you probably get told, that we are naive or childish, that if somebody spurns us, that we don't lash back. It's just, I'm gonna give you the love that I wish I had right now from you. I'm gonna give that back to you because obviously you need it. Have you been told like, well, you're a pushover or you're naive or things like that? Do you feel like, that's something that she's dealt with with this um, business? I, you know, I would think, I would think that there probably are people that Like basically that. like, oh, your love glasses aren't gonna fix racism? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. There are, there is something magical about these No, glasses. right, right. <laughs> I don't, yes. And I just, no, after seeing yours, I need to get some of the more glammed up ones. I wish yeah. they, I could get those in prescription uh, if I could then I would then I would be wearing love glasses all the time but I'm blind as a bat so here we are well tell me more about that what you're bringing up because for me it's hard to imagine being different I think growing up it was it's been like a coping mechanism for me mm -hmm. you know to look at you know, to find, to find the love, to find the, the yeah. people that are accepting, to continue loving and seeing that, you know, so, because there is so much, if you choose to focus on it, of the negative, that I feel like I could not, like, I feel like it would break me. So that is like my coping mechanism to like see, but I'm also like looking for that and seeing evidence all the time. You know, so some of the people that I've talked to, um, it is very much a muscle that you have to work. 
to be able to see uh, the love and the genuineness. And when you don't work that muscle or work that eyesight, it atrophies. So then you're looking at the world in such a suspicious way that it's almost a handicap. Like I know some people when they are talked to with kindness or treated with kindness, they're looking for an ulterior motive and they are exhausted and bitter. And, and I, I think that's part of the reason that this is so important is even though the festival is only a couple of days a year, it gives people, I think, an opportunity for that jump start to start working on that muscle, to look for the love, to look for the kindness. Um, there's so many helpful people, like just for the sake of being helpful here, um, that they're like that all year round. So I'm hoping that those connections are made. Like you said, you're looking for those people. And I'm hoping that this is like a giant jump start yeah. um, every year for our community. Yeah. Like, oh, this isn't a shithole that I thought it was. Yeah. It's a little better. We can find some good people. We can connect. Yeah, yeah. Um, not alone here. Right. We, we had, a, had a younger person on yesterday that had said that that they really, had no they, idea they, they felt really alone yeah. in this community yeah. until this exactly yeah. exactly and we're always here we we kind of have to make sure that we're taking turns supporting each other so it doesn't all fall on one family or one group um but there's plenty of hands uh what was the saying like many hands make light work or something like that mm -hmm. um Okay, I love that we have these little my doggy babies. Yeah. Fur babes. Are these Her yours? Business. Yeah, these are mine. This, oh, is, like ready this is Riley. This is my Riley. Oh. And this is Shine. And they they wanted to come and hang out with us. People are their favorite thing. Um, so last night we went to Blackbridge for the after party. After party. And there was a couple people there. I mean it was amazing. Like everyone was dancing. I've seen amazing bands play like at the bars here and a lot of people don't dance and it's like come on guys why is nobody dancing i don't understand this. yes you know and just everyone was dancing it was so great and so many different beautiful people and um not to mention the drag queens that were amazing like beautiful i can't even believe the performance was amazing but there were two people there that said that weren't at the Pride that were like, I wish every day was Pride because this, the vibe here is so good. It's, it's so, everyone good. is so yeah, no, nice, like. No, and it, it, like the news over the last month or so, everything feels so weighted down, everything feels so heavy yeah. and depressing. And then you came here and you just, mm -hmm. you just walk in this park and you, there's just positive vibe going on. And a lot of the people that are here Every time we see them, this is the vibe that they have. Every time they're involved in something, this is the vibe that they have. And it's, I, I think it's the freedom of, of being able to be genuine that makes people not assholes. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you also have gone into this as such a great leader. Like, I remember... You know, and, and I've seen it even now, like a lot of the pushback you get on social media and a lot of the trolls online and a lot of the hate and just ignorant, fearful comments. But you have always been with the volunteers, like a model of how to show up when that comes. Like you have made it very clear because it's easy for everyone to get upset and lash back. 
But then from an outside perspective, people see that and you just understood that that was like representing you and just from the very, that that would if it was that kind of a reaction to that kind of stuff. And so I remember from the very first pride how you talked to the volunteers about we meet these things with love, you know, like we with education, you know, That's with family friendly. It's, you know, this is how we show up through the whole thing and you guys still do it's just amazing i love the beautiful responses on facebook and it's like been your leadership that has modeled and made that thank you um i really appreciate that sometimes i wouldn't say necessarily that it's sometimes hard uh to respond kindly but sometimes it's hard to even engage um, but you hit the nail on the head. I think more often than not, it's a lack of education. So just what we were talking about earlier with non-binary, um, there may be people that simply don't understand what that means, but if they did and they listened with an open heart and they th really like chewed on the idea of what if I didn't fit in these boxes and every day I had that reminder of I don't fit in this society, how difficult that could be. Um, just just that one little two inch window, I think that that empathy would change a lot of things. Um, but that has to start with education. That education has to start with non-judgmental conversation. And that non-judgmental conversation has to start with us not responding like, well, why the fuck don't you know this already? Because that's not gonna help anybody. Um, and that takes time. It takes offering a bottle of water, it takes offering some sunscreen, it takes some love glasses. Um, so each step really, really helps us get closer, even just one person at a time, one conversation at a time, um, it's worth it. Yeah, we had one guy on yesterday, and he was saying that his, his daughter, who's now 14, um, is gay. And he looked back, and he, he was 36, and he goes, I look back at myself on 10 years ago and I'm so ashamed of who I was. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, he, he, he was very engaging and he came from um, a very uh, rough community. Yeah. And he said, it just wasn't like that. And we were the people and we were using the slurs and stuff like that. And and when we boil it down, honestly, no matter what the situation, no matter what we're talking about, whether it's mass incarceration, whether it's uh, racism, whether it's anti-LGBT rhetoric, no matter what it is, every single group, every single person, at the end of the day, we are jellyfish, sensory deprived jellyfish, steering a meat suit, carrying around our dumpster fires of trauma. Like, at the end of the day, that's it. And if we can meet not just every person but ourselves in that spot like what was he carrying what was he carrying that was hurting him to make him want to use those racial slurs or those or whatever slurs he was using what was hurting him that he was carrying I, I, around i think and i'd have to go back and listen oh and i'm not asking for an answer but, but no but i i think that the gist of it was growing up in a tough community there's yeah, it is fear, like there's he had fear there. there's he, fear and there's trauma no and, and he wants to blend in yeah he wants to be accepted exactly. he wants to be known as tough exactly yeah. exactly and all of those things like you were able to have a conversation with him about that and 
and that's how we move on. That's how we grow past it. Yeah, and probably him being able to share that helped him to move past it a right. little more. Yeah, and you guys not reacting like, oh my god, I can't believe you said that. Just accepting it for what it is. I love you guys. I have to go check on my. Uh, hey, hey, uh, Sarah, yes. plug your store really quick. Oh, uh, west of 3rd, come see us. We're on Beale Street downtown, 224 East Beale Street. And they can find you on Facebook? Yes. Or um, your booth is west of 3rd, Facebook, and Instagram. And your booth is right inside. Oh, and, and I've got love glasses right inside the entrance if you want some of those babies. Right. And we sell them in the shop. Right. And uh, Bootsy's Delta Funk. Oh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Rosebird Gardens, Wet Dirt. So many amazing artisans. Come check it out. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Michael. Okay. All right. Yeah, you have One of my questions is, I always ask this, what was that light bulb moment when you went, I have to organize something like this? There had to be, like you're just going through life, doing whatever and ever and whatever, and all of a sudden you're like, I need to do something about this. Like, what so we kind of kicked you all? We were at a pride that was built, like, okay, so kids are my jam kids or families the, those are my that's my jam that's my favorite place to be those are my favorite humans to be with and um my sister and i were at a pride that was billed as a family pride um and there were really like there was really inappropriate songs playing from the stage the entertainers were inappropriate it was all like really adult content but it was billed as a kids event uh, like there would be stuff for the kids and um the vendors, it was all really politically um, charged. It like, if you looked at each booth, it went uh, political person, uh, MLM corporation, yard sale. Political, MLM, yard sale. Like that was all of the vendors. What's MLM? Um, Multi-level management. It's like, um, it's like, uh, uh, it works companies. Sign kind of thing. No. Um, they're the scam companies. They're like, wow. join my team and sell this yeah. stuff, uh, like like uh, Melaleuca and stuff like that. Um, that just like suck you in and you just give them your money. Lularoe, those things. Okay. Um, it was just it was just junk. It wasn't like it wasn't real people making the things or like really getting to pay their bills. It wasn't. It was just corporations. Um, and uh, it was really frustrating seeing that kids were coming to this pride and parents were coming to this pride that we were at and they were so disappointed and they felt like it wasn't actually for them they were just a headcount and so we left and I am a big like um, if I want something I'm just gonna figure out how to do it myself uh, which is a good thing and an exhausting thing um, so we left and I told my sister like we could do this I'd been a, at that point I'd been going to events as a vendor for like four years so I knew the behind the scenes and I knew the different things that we would need um, and we came home and she knew Joe from Blackbridge and Joe knows bands so Joe helped us with entertainment and beer and uh, I got vendors and we um, Taylor and Ronnie and everybody just started adding to us and we made pride you know, the first one was in 2019, uh -huh. and then 2020, 2021, kind of like. So 2020, we had to cancel it because of COVID, 
and then 2021 um, Omicron was still really big so and because it takes six to eight months of planning and booking and like paying for everything um, we couldn't chance it being canceled again so we did online um, we did a virtual pride instead for 2021 and we're back how many people so far? How many people yesterday? Um, we're guessing around 1,800. I have to check with the front gate people, but we're guessing around 1,800. Um, and we're hoping for maybe another 1,000 today. I know it's supposed to be slower because and, it's Sunday. And what's the scale compared to 2019? Is it's it about, about the down. same? Um, so 2019, we had between 24 and 2,600 um, on the one day. But it was, it's a little hard, like it's a little hard to measure because we don't know what things look like after the pandemic. And like, yeah. it's a little hard, but I think that um, it's gonna steadily get bigger, especially as hopefully we don't have another pandemic derail things again. Uh, so as it becomes an, an expected thing, um, then, then attendance will go up each time. Oh, that's good. All right. It's hard to come back from stuff, huh? Um, it is, especially because all of our contacts from the first time, like, uh, just just for one example, our contacts for MCC, um, for our tables and chairs, they're they're gone. They're gone. Every single one of our contacts gone from the first time. So we're starting from scratch. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm fine. Applaud y'all for coming back so strong after. That Thank you. Pandemic. So many things were not able to resurrect. It was, it was hard. Well, honestly, even if it was just us in our one little tent with a rainbow flag, like it's still gonna, it's still gonna happen. And it would have been a party. <laughs> it would have been a party. Um, but I have to go check on people. Yeah. Thank you very, no, thank very you, much for, for having me. I know you're really busy. Um, please excuse me. It's gonna be loud while I get up and get the dogs okay. and try to scoot back. It's gonna be loud in your in your okay. headset. Okay. Yeah, we could just we could just do this. All right. See. Crisis averted. Just hit the pause button. How you been? Good, yeah. Good. Okay. We haven't seen you on the. It's been a minute. A it's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what made you come out today? Uh, it's just a community built and full of people, built by and full of people that I love, yeah. and uh, I spent a considerable amount of time and energy. Um, being a SJW, a social justice warrior, and uh, helping hold flags and signs and stuff. And I just, I love the community, and, and despite whatever sexual orientation I may or may not identify with, um, this is just a community that I will always have love and support for. Hey, Marquise, how you doing? I'm doing good, how you doing? Good. Well, what do you think? I think this is an amazing event. Um, I'm just here to show that I love all people. Uh, show you support. I love all people. Oh, hey, it's got, I mean, we've been like uh, Facebook friends for about a year or so. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. it's good to actually find a meeting. Yeah. See face to face. So what's Bell's been up? Oh, you know, life and, and, and love and, and, and school and kids and wow, it's a it's a world, it's, isn't it's, it? It's busy, yeah. Yeah. I know, I mean, just doing work and kids and trying to do this once in a while. 
this one, I think, just like decided somewhere along year one or two when I wasn't the friendly, uh, touchy filly aunt that she was gonna come back around and like make me old suddenly, you know? Cause like nobody thinks I'm as old as I am, but I'm certain with the stress of having kids, I am going to soon catch up to looking like. I didn't have this gray age. hair until I had kids. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Here come the grays. Yeah, you know, we're getting old. <laughs> Maybe that's sweet. Yeah, you're in the car. <laughs> but um, yes, it's a crazy, it's a crazy world, and I'm just glad to be able to show. A community that struggles so much with feeling that they have a place that there's people who will create a place if they can. Right, right. And but and it's also refreshing because if you walk around town and you just see comments on social oh my media, God. you know you kind of go, oh. And that's not just here, that's pretty much everywhere. And you know, I have found Jesus or God again in the past year. I mean, up until sometime mid-summer last year, I was identifying as a maybe even anti-theist. Um, but I started going to church to support my man who definitely was a godly or wanted to be more godly. And um, I found myself feeling it and raising my hands. and. And I think it's so easy for people that, uh, how to say this delicately, if you never leave your room, everything's scary. And I think that on a much bigger scale, Kingman is your room. And I think a lot of the people that are saying the nasty things on the interwebs about events like this are people who have never left their room. And because it's so easy to say things and hate on somebody on a computer or in a, in a building with other people who are parroting the same thing. But when you're standing in somebody's face and you realize that they blush like you do, laugh like you do, hurt like you do, it's really hard to have hate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a yeah lack of understanding, a lack of experience, exposure. experience, and I mean that that boils down to, to everything. I mean, even even the gun issue, the root of it's in fear. You're you're fearful of what might happen to your family. And I just want to take a split second because I got in some trouble la last. Last was it 2019, 20? That we had the it was 19, huh? 2019. That this. This yeah. So I got in a little trouble during the Halloween part for voicing a, a very strong opinion. So I want to take a moment to applaud the city of Kingman for coming out in support of this event this year. Yeah, yeah, the Facebook page. Yeah. Because I called the officials out last, last in 2019 and said that it was it was a shame not to see one of them at the event. Right. Because no. nobody's going to kill themselves if they don't win the drag race on Saturday night where all the mayor and everybody was. But suicide rates and LGBTQ identifying teens are off the chart. So seeing somebody like the mayor kick off this event could save somebody's life. You right. know? Yeah. 
But I mean, baby steps. At least, at least they acknowledged it this year. Amen. Amen. So that's good. All right. Uh, I lost my co-host here. <laughs> well, that's okay. A lot of Thai people can't tell my voice from snows anyway. So. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of look over like, oh, I what, what's next? <laughs> oh, oh, no. What are we doing? All right, so on that, I think I'm going to wrap this current episode up and uh, regroup. And uh, we'll have some words off air. Yeah. And, uh, so, to the listeners, we'll be back. Another episode. Nice seeing you, up. listeners. Uh,